Just a reminder about what our, our, our series is, uh, the Advent series here. We have uh, several different uh, uh, symbols that we point out every time of year as we go through Advent. Uh, the first thing is we have, of course, this wreath. Uh, the wreath is the evergreen. It's a circle. It reminds us of, of, of God's unending uh, life, right? And so it's evergreen. It also is in that circle, reminds us of the laurels, a picture of, of victory, like a crown. And that Christ... He won the victory for us when he came. That's something we celebrate this time of year. Now we have these four wonderful candles. And of course there's uh, different colors in there. There's the, the purple for the first two weeks that we have that reminds us of preparation. And so we have hope and we have uh, peace. And it uh, uh, reminds us to, be, to prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ. Last week we wrote, uh, lit the, the rose-colored candle for joy. And it's a great break right in the middle of, of Advent as we prepare ourselves for Christ's coming that we have joy, what God has done for us. And we spoke about that last week. And then, and then today, the last one is purple candle again, and it's for love. And it's a dual color. The, the, the color has two meanings on this last one, for love. The first one is its preparation. It's again to prepare our hearts for Christ's coming, to prepare ourselves as a time of, of refocusing and, and looking back to the to the manger as we look ahead to his second coming. But it's also that purple on this last week also represents royalty. And so we don't forget the kind of love that was, that was given to us. It was no small thing to have God, the king of the universe, love us. And so uh, that's what we have now. This Saturday, we get to light the central candle. Now every week we light a candle reminding us that the light of the world has come into this very dark place. And so we celebrate that increasing the Saturday we get to light the Christ candle reminding us that Christ has come. So I hope you join us for that. It would be a great thing. Now, that we have that, um, we're going to play a little game. One of my favorite things about the holiday season, Christmas season, is this, the songs. I love the music. And so we're going to test your knowledge and see if you can help me with uh, name that song. I'm going to give you some lyrics and see if you know it, okay? Uh, we're snuggled up together, together like two birds of a feather would be. What song is that? Sleigh Ride. Very good. All right. 200 points. All right. <laughs> All right. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight, all the way home, I'll be warm. <laughs> Close. Let it, let it snow. Yeah, you got some lyrics. That's a good one. How about this one? This one's a hard one, but uh, if you can imagine me doing it with a little bit of a, my lip up like this. Uh, decorations of red and green on a Christmas tree won't be the same, dear, if you're not here with me. Blue Christmas. Blue Christmas. Boom. Got it. Oh, thank you very much. All right. Now, <laughs> we have, uh, please have snow and mistletoe presents under the tree. I'll be home for Christmas. Very good. Mistletoe hung where you can see every couple tries to stop? Rocking around the Christmas tree. Right? In the meadow, we can build a snowman? Uh, winter Wonderland. Very good. All right. Now, here's one. If you didn't get any of those other ones, don't feel bad. This one's pretty easy. Um, I'll just give you a hint. The uh, name is in, is in the actual lyrics. It's this. Uh, all I want for Christmas is you. There you go. <laughs> Very good. Something, there was a theme in all of those songs. You think about that? Blue Christmas, walking in a winter wonderland, all I want for Christmas, and you, did you notice a theme? 
Christmas was there. Do you know it's just one of the one? Romance. Romance. Christmas is, is the number one season, by the way, for people to get engaged. Did you know that? It is a season of romance. Uh, in 2014, an American wedding study and conducted by Brides Magazine found that 19% of engagements happen in December. Most of the, it's by far the most popular month to get engaged. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And yet, most people, uh, the most popular days actually of getting engaged are the first one, Christmas Eve. The second one, Christmas Day. After that is New Year's Day, and number four is Valentine's Day. We all think of February, Valentine's Day, as the season of romance, but sorry, Valentine's Day, it's Christmas. <laughs> see, see uh, I don't think that's too far off. I mean, there's something about this time of year that reminds us of love. And it's right that it should. And, you know, love is an amazing thing. Love can bring us happiness and, ex- and expectation. But love can also, or at least the absence of us, can bring loneliness and isolation. Which is why this time of year is very, uh, it's both a very exciting, happy time of year, and at the same time, it's a, for many, it's a very difficult time of year. And too much of us, uh, I think, too much focus on romance, however, can blind us to the real story of Christmas. If we're just focused on romantic love and those types of things and being around those that we love, sometimes we forget to look at the bigger picture of the greater love that God has has given us, something for all of us. So I want to turn our attention today to God's love, to to the love that God has for us. It was a love that uh, we find in scriptures from, from the very first book of Genesis all the way to the very last book of the Bible, Revelation. We see a love story played out through humanity between this amazing God and the people that he created. It's a story we read in even when he created Adam and Eve. He created them for fellowship, not just for service. He said he wanted to walk with us and, and fellowship with us. He would walk in the cool of, of, the, of the day in the garden. Think about even with Noah and that horrible flood that took place. God waited waited until there was only one family left in the whole world that still loved him. And even then, he provided a way, a fresh start for humanity. And God cares deeply for us. Think about it with Moses and this revelation, how God begins to show himself to us and saying, you know what, there's going to be a way to be made right with me that, that's not going to require you to die. And he shows us through the laws and all, and the prophets over and over again saying, I'm coming. And of course, I think the greatest expression of God's love we found is when, well, unto us a child was born. A son was given. And see, God came. He doesn't just talk about love. God is a God of action and he demonstrates love. He does things that we actually need. He cares for us even above oftentimes himself. And isn't that what love is? God didn't need to save us, but he chose to because he loves us. So today we're going to talk about love. It's the fourth gift of, of, uh, of the Christmas season, of Advent, the thing that we talk about, something that, we, uh, that God gives to us. And how do we receive this love? What do we do with it? Well, the first thing we have to do is accept it. Just like any gift, you can give a present to anybody, but if they say, ah, I don't want that, then it doesn't do anybody much good. It's lousy for you as the giver. You're like, I would really like for you to have this, and they say, I don't want that. 
makes you feel bad, but also at the same time, it does the receiver no good. The first thing that we recognize with God's love, that Jesus came, God sent himself to this earth for us. But we, the first thing we need to do is receive his love. And so John 3.16 talks about this. So God so loved the world. He was motivated by that. That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I mean, that's the kind of love that changes everything, isn't it? That's the kind of love that, that has transformed the world. It wasn't that, that people should love God so much that we should offer our children, because that's what a lot of religions do and have done throughout history, right? I mean, that it has been, has been the traditional way. If you go, I remember traveling different countries and seeing shrines and things set up where people set up all kinds of sacrifices and things like this because people should love God so much. And they would give all kinds of things. There are massive statues and horrible places in this world where, where people actually even gave themselves their lives and their children to try to earn a God's favor. Just to talk a God into maybe making it rain or giving them a harvest. But our God, the real God, loves us so much that he gave his only son. It turns everything on its head. It's the opposite of everything we thought about religion. It is an amazing kind of God. This is the very core of our faith. The Christian faith is at first and foremost understanding that we have a God who is real and powerful and loving. It's why we can have room for grace. It's why we can receive grace. God loves the world so much that he gave himself. You see, he did that for a reason. He gave himself not just so that our crimes would be paid for, but you know that last line, but we would have eternal life. God wants to spend eternity with you. And you might be surprised by that. I mean, there are days that I don't want to spend eternity with me. Right? If we're honest. But God knows the real us. There's a sanctification process that he begins in us. He begins turning us into the people we always wished that we were and always knew that we should be. He starts that. But it begins by just understanding that he, he's invested in your eternity. You're forever. And he wants to spend that with you. That's love. And that's an amazing kind of love. I think this, believing, when it says whoever believes in him, believe just means accept that's what the word means. Is I'm going to accept this as true. That God so much loves me. That he's done this for me. It's basic. But it's not always easy, is it? See, belief sometimes is, is one of the hardest things. To, to trust it. <laughs> Even in spite of myself. But the amazing thing is God's love is not, is not dependent on who I am. It's dependent on who he is. And he doesn't change. And he is a lot better than I am. And so I can trust it. I can accept this gift. And maybe you don't see God as loving. I know that there's been times in my life where it felt like God was just being mean. It really did. There was times in my life where it felt like God was just being distant and just harsh and, and all those types of things. You know what? Those were subjective feelings. But in every one of those times, God never abandoned me. No matter how angry I got, no matter how scared I was, <laughs> I wish I could say I was different, but no matter how much I would shout at him and tell him how bad he was, there was no lightning bolts, never once, once, no 
earthquakes, the earth didn't open up and swallow me. God was there with me through it all. And he's also been with me through the other times. For those times of the spirit and the faith where I just know that he's there and, and I depend upon him. And, and it's that sweet fellowship. He's there too. And God has been ever consistent. And he's not just that way with me. He is just that way. That's who he is. Maybe it's not that you don't see God as lovable. Maybe you just don't see yourself as lovable. You know, maybe you look into your own life and you're like, man, that is a perfect God and I don't deserve it. Exactly. That's why it's grace. None of us deserve it. You know, it, there are no perfect Christians and there is no perfect, perfect church. Okay? So if you're looking for perfect Christians, you're looking for a perfect church, you're going to look for a long time. Right? Why? Because we're all sinners. That's the whole point. We, we all fell short of God's wonderful standard. And yet... What does he do for us? He comes into our life. He, he says, I'm, I'll be with you. And he sends, gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he gives us his word. And he gives us fellowship. And he helps us begin that wonderful, slow, but, but inevitable process of sanctification. He begins changing us from the inside out. He doesn't just kind of wash us off on the outside. He, he purifies us. It's an amazing thing. The thing is, is that you may not feel lovable, but God says you are lovable, so you are lovable. And you may not feel loved, but God says you are loved, so you are loved. It doesn't matter what we've done in the past. It matters who God can make us. Think about this in Scripture. Who is it that God chose to be the great lawgiver? Moses, who was a murderer. That's a violation of, you know, one of those commands, if I remember. I think number six. Well, that's a big deal. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty hefty. Isn't it amazing that God would use it? How about the, 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 the guy who was going to go to the Gentiles and be the apostle to, to spread the gospel, the, 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 the good news to the Gentiles? Who did he pick? Paul. Paul was not only a, a, a religious terrorist, okay, murderer, which is a bad deal, right? But also, he was like the, the, like the most crazy, awesome Jew of Jews. He was like super Jew, right? You read his story about where he, where he started, right? He was all about not being part of the Gentiles. I mean, he was racist. And God uses this man to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. You see, you are not limited by who you were. God changes us from the inside out. You may not feel lovely, but God makes you lovely. That's the transformation. You may not feel like you, you deserve God's love in your life. That's the whole point. But he says, I want to love you and I see value in you. See, Jesus is proof that God loves us. If anybody ever says, how do you know God loves you? I wish well, there would be like a sign or something from heaven. I'm like, there was a sign from heaven. It was a real person who fulfilled 300 plus prophecies, right? Who came and did miracles and did all kinds of amazing things. And then he died on a cross for our sins for no personal gain of his own. But because he loves us. And then he came back defeating death, proving he's really God. God. 
And then even then, he says, now I'm not ever going to leave you or forsake you. In fact, I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to prepare a place for you in heaven because I want to be there for, with you forever. And I'm coming back. Jesus is proof, tangible proof, that God exists and he loves you deeply. That's the gift. I mean, wouldn't it be a shame to go through the Christmas season Right? To have all of the trappings and the trees and the presents and the songs and all those things. If, if we fail to receive and accept the most important gift. The, the gift that started it all. So we start there. Let's receive the gift. It's for you and it's for me. The next thing, once we accept that gift, is we have to experience God's love. I remember... Uh, well, and probably everybody has this experience. Sometimes you get a gift and you open up on Christmas and you're like, oh, great, this is nice, right? And then you put it into the closet and then there it sits and it does you no good. You've received it. It's yours. You know what it is. But it's not doing any good. I think a lot of times Christians, we... we Oftentimes we get to this thing where we receive the gift of Christ, right? He says, I love you, here's my gift for you. Um, I, I want you to, to have this, this eternal life. I want you to receive it. And we're like, and we're like, oh, that's awesome. So good. Now I don't have to go to hell and it's good. And then we take that wonderful love of God and we put it somewhere very safe where nothing will happen to it. And then we try to live the rest of our lives without it. And it doesn't do us much good in our practical day-to-day life. What a shame. I mean, God gave us his love for a reason. He, he wants you to experience. He wants you to put it on. He wants you to try it out. He wants you to, to, to exist within it. Now, Christmas is a busy and overwhelming time. I understand, right? We've got all the normal schedule stuff at work and all that, and then and all the social stuff, and then it kind of gets amped up. Right? Because now there's like Christmas parties, parties and there's letters and cards you've got to write and there's these little newsletters about how your family was or whatever that you need to give and receive and all kinds of new homework things because then you get to open them up and read about everybody's life and try to get caught up and there's all the phone calls with all the people, all the relatives and friends and people I haven't seen in a long time. I get it. It's a busy season. In the midst of all that season, all that, all that time, uh, oftentimes we can then take this time of the year. It's supposed to be so joyful and and peaceful, and instead it becomes very harried, and we have a lot of anxiety about all the things that we know that we should do, and, and all of this. I, I think that maybe one of the ways that we can experience God's love is to take this hurry and worry in our life, all the stuff, not just this season, and take some time and just bring it to, bring it to God. Remember that in the scope of eternity, like we're going to live forever. We really will. Like I'm going to have a trillionth birthday. Someday. You will too. It's going to be awesome. Which, by the way, you can't steal my idea. When I get to heaven, I'm going to become a candle maker because they won't need pastors up there. <laughs> and here's why. Birthday candles. I'm telling you. So you can invest in that when I get up there. Right? At first, it'll be a low profit. But by the end, when everyone's having their trillionth birthday, mm-hmm. genius. I've been thinking about it. Okay? In the scope of eternity, when we're there, a lot of the things that cause us so much turmoil right now really don't matter. The things that right now, probably you got angst in your gut, gut, all these types of things about what's going on, all this 
worry, all of the pressures, these social things that we put on, it doesn't mean that they're not important. But I think we need to remember that in the scope of God's love, in the time that we have with him, what we get to celebrate now means this, that we can actually rise above those things. That we can celebrate the real purpose of this season. That we can enjoy the most important things. The people that we're around. We can show them God's love. We can enjoy the fellowship of others. We can take this time and, and remember how great our God is and what He's done for us. We can allow God's peace and joy and, and love into our life. Experience God's love. There's a, a passage from Romans, Romans 8. It says this. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a gift. Do you see what all those things that it says? Pretty much anything. There's nothing in the spiritual world or the physical world. There's nothing in our present time or the future time or anything that you've ever done in the past. There's nothing that can happen to you that will ever remove you from God's love. It's secure. It's for you. It's no contingency. It's not like if you do this, then God will love you. God loves you. See, God's love, I said it changes everything. It's the very core of who we are. It's... This kind of love goes deep, doesn't it? And when we understand this kind of love, that we have this amazing God who does everything for us and has cared for us and gives us this great security, I want to tell you this. This is a wonderful gift for you this season that can't be taken away. It's yours. So enjoy it. Experience God's love. Last thing we need to do, once we take God's love and we experience God's love, we say, God, I want to to follow you. I want to, I want you in my life, life, right? That's how you experience love. And we think about that um, just in human relationships. How do you experience love? Well, it's typically by fellowshipping, isn't it? By including those people in your life. Either sometimes it's personally, you, you talk with them or you, you write letters or you, you know, whatever. But the more you interact, the more you can experience that love. That's what I hope that you have, this experience God's love. Spend time with him. Invite him into your life. Invite him into this season. And then, once we experience this love, we need to share it. And love is meant to be shared, isn't it? I mean, think about um, my, my son and I got to go to a Broncos game here recently um, through a wonderful set of great ex- uh, circumstances, through the backers and some really, really fantastic people. And we got to go to this game and it didn't end the way I wanted, but it was still a good game. And on, but one of the things I noticed, every time we go there, um, on the, the Jumbotron, this, this massive TV that is bigger than, you know, like a, a three-story building, it's amazing. On there, every single time, there's a wedding proposal. I've not forgone to a Broncos game where there hasn't been a wedding proposal. And I think, oh, how romantic, you know. But uh, it's, Right? <laughs> Yeah, depends. <laughs> but you have like Jumbotron proposals or you think about like uh, uh, when Valentine's Day comes around. There's like those, those really 
obnoxious boxes of chocolates and the heart shapes and the huge bouquets of flower colors or things like this, right? Um, I remember when uh, we were in high school and uh, my wife, she had her, her birthday and it was during a choir concert. And so uh, I came out and sang her a song and then we all sang happy birthday to her, right? Love wants to be expressed, doesn't it? If it's, if it's not expressed, it, it makes us frustrated, God wants us to express his love. He wants us to share love. Love that is kept to yourself, is, it's, it's incomplete. Once we've experienced God's love, he says, I want you to share it, not just back with him, but he wants us to share that love with other people. That's what he tells us to do. And so uh, we see this, this great verse from 1 John. I love 1 John, one of my favorite uh, the books in the Bible. It says this, this is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love then. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. This is an amazing thing that we don't love other people because we feel like it as Christians. We don't forgive because it's just like intrinsically in us. We're just forgiving people or because other people deserve it. We don't love other people because they deserve it. We love because God loved us. We forgive because we have been forgiven. And that's an amazing thing. It changes, changes how we operate. coolest thing about this is it, it's not the way that we, we think it ought to. Love is a, it's a fluid thing. It flows, right? God's love flows through us to the world. That's pretty awesome. That's how it's meant to be, which is awesome because that's how God wants it to be. And so when we're faithful in receiving his love and then sharing that love with others, he entrusts us with more, which means this. The more you love people, right, the more love you receive. The less you love, the less love you receive. It's like a stream. You get like a little trickle. That's all it gets. Or like a big gushing river. It's up, it's up to us. How do you get to express God's love? What a perfect time of year to be able to, to show charity and kindness and forgiveness. This is the most wonderful time of year to forgive somebody who has wronged you. It is an amazing time of year to go and ask for forgiveness for somebody that you have wronged. Out of love. It's a great time of year to put away old uh, rivalries. It's a great time of year to see a need and to meet it. Not because somebody deserves it, but simply because God loves them. It's a wonderful time of year to care for other people, to listen to them. It's a wonderful time of year to do that because this is the time you remember this is what God has done for us. He sees us. He cares for us. He's met our needs. He's forgiven us. And now we have an opportunity to be able to go and to share that kind of love with others. And when we do this, it's amazing. Uh, When we offer this, when we offer kindness, how much more back do we receive? Way more than we've invested. And that's just how awesome our God is. But we need to, to let love flow this season. And I encourage you to do that. And then also uh, there are some practical expressions that you can do. Quality time with family and friends. Spend time with those around you that, that you care about. 
take that gift of time, which is pretty valuable, I get, but to spend time with those that you care about. How about this? Uh, reconciling, serving the hurting and the lonely. Meet those secret needs. I think that's a great thing that Christians get to do and it's one of the most fun things that we get to do specifically because of our faith and we see a need to go and just to meet it for others. There are a lot of ways in our, this Christmas season that we can share love in practical ways, but this is it. Share your love in a practical way. That same First John thing that says this, that dear brothers and sisters, we not to say that we love one another, we, we should actually show it in actions and in truth. So this season, let us love. Let us accept God's love, right? As we experience God's love, as we share God's love. And so here's some ways that I, guess that I can put, put this all together as I put it into a, a summary. Laura, so unwrapping the gift, if you want to take out your connection card, there are some uh, ideas that I have there for you. And the first thing that we can do to unwrap this gift of love is to read the Christmas story. Read what God has done for you. Now, if you've been here all four weeks, you realize that we've gone through all four Gospels and reading the, the Advent uh, story, the Christmas story in each, of the, in each of the Gospels. Well, this time we're going to be reading in John. That's the Gospel of John. And it's amazing. It's a little different uh, perspective of, of, the, uh, of when Christ came, or from the spiritual side, from heaven's view, what took place. It's an awesome story. I invite you to, to read that. What happened when Jesus came? What does it mean when God loves you? What, is that, what does he really do? Read First John. Find that out. Also, the thing you want to do, do is accept God's love. And for you, maybe that means by just accepting Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's the gospel. If you know that Jesus came but haven't received him, as your Lord and Savior. You don't make Jesus your Lord, by the way. Jesus is Lord. But you can recognize him as your Lord. And you can, you can accept his saving gift for you. That's what he came for. That's what a wonderful thing to do this season. If you haven't done that, what I want you to do is, over here it says, I'd like more information about starting a relationship with Jesus. If you have that, no, I'll, be, I'll um, contact you this week. We'll talk about it. I'm sure you've got questions. We'll answer those. When you're ready, we'll help you take those steps of faith. Faith to accepting God's love. Then maybe you already accepted God's love in the way that He's your Lord and your Savior, you're saved. But you still have a trouble accepting His forgiveness, maybe accepting His presence in your life. Maybe there's a separation between you and God. Maybe it's guilt, or maybe it's the troubles of this world or something else. Maybe right now, something you say, you know, this week, I'm going to accept, I'm going to accept His love in my life. And, uh, encourage you to do that. Also, the next thing to do is experience God's love. Uh, and in doing that, what you can do is you can worship God first. That's the suggestion that I have on the connection card. To experience his love, worship him first in your life. In fact, during this next series that we're going, that we're going through, we're going to talk about worship and really what the heart of worship is and what it's all about. But what it means right now is to say here is to worship God first. Not all those other things. At this time of year, you recognize that unto us a child was born, a son was given, but he's not just some average kid. The government's meeting on his shoulders. Names we called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Make him your center. This time of year, it's the hustle and bustle and everything that's going out. Make sure you say, you know what, God? I'm putting you as my top priority. You loved me first. I want to love you. Right? And to experience that love, worship him first. 
And the last thing I would encourage us to do is to share God's love. And how can you do that? Do that? Well, here, I'm going to have you. Why don't you invite a friend? That's a very easy, practical thing to do. Somebody that we've been praying for every week. We have an opportunity to pray for those that we, we know in our community. They say, this Christmas, why don't you invite a friend to come to Christmas Eve service or come to Christmas morning? Spend time with them. Show them that you care. And maybe you say, you know what? There's somebody that you know that you've been, you would love to, to have experienced that wonderful love of God. Maybe what you do to share God's love is just invite them. And so there's some different ways, some suggestions, practical things. Of course, there's a million other ways that you can experience and express and, and accept God's love. But, uh, and if there's some other way that you'd like to let me know about, I'll be praying for you this week. Any of those commitments. And also, if you have a prayer request, here's something cool about God. About God. He listens to us. And he works in our life. How many miracles have we seen this last year because we've simply asked him to help out? So if you've got a prayer request, write it down. We'll be lifting you in prayer this season. Uh, that would be wonderful. In just a minute, we're going to take our offering. As we take our offering, I would ask you to take this connection card, put it in the offering basket as it's passed, uh, which would be a great thing. Um, before uh, uh, we do that, I think that we ought to pray. Let's pray for our, our uh, uh, offering right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for your kindness and your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your love and your care for each of us. Father, I thank you that uh, you didn't just say that you loved us, but you actually proved it. You came, you came to this world. You lived a sinless life. You endured our insults and our and all of the injustices that we could throw at you. And yet you still, while you were on the cross, you said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Lord, you are the one that uh, defeated brokenness so that you could make us whole. You ended the war between us and God. You created a space for us to be reconciled. You're making a place in your kingdom for us to live with you forever. And you're coming back. Lord, every single thing that we see about you and your character as we read through the scriptures is this. You are a God of great love. So Father, this Christmas season, help us to experience, help us to, to express. But Father, first help us to receive that wonderful love that you have given us. And Father, as we do that, I pray this, this Christmas Eve service for the Christmas time, Father, that, that for many of us who are traveling or going with friends and family to other places, Father, or for those of us that maybe just uh, be home alone, that we're not alone, that we're with you, God, I pray in all of those circumstances that, that your love will penetrate into this season, that it will flow through us to those around us. And Father, as we experience your love, then in your peace and your joy and your hope, Father, we have in Christ would be ours. And Father, that uh, we would bring you glory because of it. Lord, we also pray for our offering that's going to be taken. I pray, Father, thank you for always taking care of our needs, another act of love, that you are so faithful. Lord, I ask that you would take these gifts, these tithes, make them an investment in your kingdom. Father, do great things with them to build your name in our, in our hearts, in our homes, in our community. Uh, Father, I pray that... Uh, you wouldn't just receive these out of gifts of obligation, but gifts of our love and devotion back to you, we ask in Christ's wonderful name. Amen.